podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Heart and Hand, Rangers podcast, the podcast that had kind of hoped it would be coming to you from Cyprus this week. This week on Heart and Hand, you want to stripe or what? Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. I'm joined this week by my favourite guest, apart from Cammy, Mark, Ian or Stephen. Yes, it's Mr Scott Vanderacker. Oh, I detect some sarcasm, but you can't wipe the smile off my face. Not today. Why? Not with a special pod. It's a special pod I'm on. Is it? Yeah, it's the 25th pod. We've done it like about 260, mate. Did, did you not get the email? No. Email from the SPA, the Scottish Pod Association. <laughs> no, what, why? What are they saying? We've been stripped of our award-worthy pods. Oh, that, that, that. we will fight them on the beaches. I think we will have to take this all away, mate. We will. Um, we'll come to. Don't you worry. We're, we're coming to that. Um, but because, unlike the most uh, other fans in Scottish football, we are football fans first and foremost. We will start off. Um, by talking about that now we did a podcast last Monday and I'll be honest normally you know, we try to get them out Sunday night Monday um, but if we have a game early in the midweek i.e. Tuesday normally what we do is wait until the games we played for the obvious reason that uh, a lot of what we say will uh, become inoperable very quickly otherwise I have to admit that last week uh, the thought didn't cross my mind that we would lose and go out the next night to progress Niederkorn. So we recorded the pod early and it, it shines as a sort of bastion of hope uh, the day before the meteor hit. Our worst ever European result, Scott? It's the kind of European result that would probably have needed a voiceover from a president like in these films, saying, mankind will go on. Even though some of us may lose our lives today. <laughs> um, that, you know, a Bill, a Bill Pullman special. Yes, um, it was horrific. It, it was like it's the worst European result by far since we started all this against Nice in 1955. Nice. It's a holocaust. It's it, not that and that. Sorry, I mean people overuse that word, but it was. There's nothing good to come from it. It wiped out a summer of goodwill. And we're going to go into all these things about the, about the ramifications and not just the result. But on a football side, it was appalling, embarrassing. This team were fourth in Luxembourg, had 10 new players to settle in, and the season stopped at the same time as ours. They don't play summer football, as some have tried to insinuate. It was nothing like this has happened to us. And uh, to be honest, it's the implications are even bigger than the result. It's, it's utterly incredible how bad last Tuesday was. And the fallout is still is nowhere near settled even now. The... Performance was so anemic and was so awful that it's very hard to grasp at any straws. And that's why I was very, very disappointed. Uh, firstly, to see that the guy sent out from the team to do the interview was Jordan Rossiter, uh, who is you know, 19 years old and just coming back from a long-term injury. And secondly, he said something that scared the shit out of me, uh, which was he said... 
you know, quite rightly, his terrible results unacceptable, he says, and, you know, there's guys in the dressing room are saying, ah, we were unlucky, but we weren't. And it was just a wee throwaway comment, and I'm thinking, there's guys in that dressing room saying we were unlucky. And there's guys, yeah. there's guys that are looking for the positives at getting knocked out against the fourth best team in Luxembourg. And I just thought, if that is the mentality, that strikes me as the, the sort of leftover Warburton loser mentality of, oh, well, you know, we were close, never mind, we'll get it right the next time. Um, that should not be an attitude entertained by anyone connected with Rangers Football Club. It is completely to undo. Now, I think this is probably stupid for grown men in some ways, but the week before Ibrox, um, for a first round UEFA qualifier, there's 49,000 people there. And the atmosphere, you, you've, I'm sure, talked about it in the pod, um, Cammy, I know. It was emotional. It wasn't a normal football match. And I think what alarms me is how much the manager and the players, as you've said, and the captain, who didn't even turn up for the interview, how much they misjudged the mood of the fans as regards Europe. They weren't unlucky. It, it does matter. The 49,000 people there the week before were there because they believe that's part of a return to where we should be. And it's somewhere we have to fight, somewhere where we have the badge is shown up. The draws made the Rangers badge shown around the world. We fight, we line up behind it like Tigers. We pissed away to a shit team, and then apparently half the team thought, ah, it's them's the breaks. Who, who cares? And that, as you say, is the most alarming thing, is that they misjudged entirely why there's 49,000 people there. What we thought about Europe, and what we thought was a requisite type of effort to be required against uh, that team, so misjudged it was 180 degrees from what we the fans thought and that is alarm bells clanging not just ringing I should point out by the way in case anyone's wondering that Scott is a technological mishap this evening so this is a sort of scrambled solution to get him to get him online tonight so in case you're wondering no he does not have a pair of his wife's underpants over his head actually she's away on holiday at the moment do you have a pair of your wife's underpants over your head? No um, at least I wouldn't think you'd call them underpants Oh. Not with those attachments. Oh, oh, oh. no! How, how are you getting on actually in terms of you know one man left alone to, to um, fight? Lot of crisps. Lot of crisps. Lot of pot noodles. Lot of pot noodles. Lot of crisps. The kettle has been overworked. That's <laughs> fine. It's good. At least the house is tidy. See, that's the thing, isn't it? Right. It's the same in my house. That my wife says you, you never clean, and she's like, I don't clean. I have a cleaner for that, but I keep things tidy. Birds don't. No. Like I don't just leave shit randomly all over the place the way birds do. You should see my bedroom floor. It's a fucking mm-hmm. disaster and it's not me. No, Sal's also a hoarder. Like if you go to David's house, you can't move for stuff. Sal's also a Nick- what? Knickknacks. And uh, it's like every- Sally can't part with anything, can she? Nothing. No, and she can't see a, a, a space anywhere in the house without filling it with something. Yeah, it's opposite of Ikea. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. We're not we're not clean and and, and Swedish light. So now we've established then. But uh, yes, in case Scott's sounding a little muffled, it's not for Ding Wallian reasons. Um, anything to distract for that match, but we have to get back to it. It was two phoned in performances, I thought, um, and it was two matches where I got the impression, and I'm not saying that this was conscious, just a subconscious thing from the players, but it translates obviously of. We are going to win this tie because we are Rangers and professionals and we've all come from various leagues and whatnot and this team are the fourth best team in Luxembourg. And at no point did it dawn on us that we had to actually go and put the tie to bed. 
And we just played away and played away and played away. And then the longer in the second leg that they dug in. And then as as it's happened in the first leg, they began to grow in confidence and began to, to come out a little bit. Panic set in with our guys. And of course, you know, when you go from sort of not to in seconds, it very rarely translates into, you know, nice composed attacking football, which was what happened. Pedro, I think, has to get a little bit of criticism because he has to get a lot of criticism, but his substitutions in both games, particularly the second leg, I thought were poor. And although Windass has been singled out for a, a lot of, uh, I suppose abuse is, is too strong a word, but certainly a lot of stinging criticism, his introduction to the game did seem a little baffling and his contribution... Unfortunately, I'm not blaming him because everyone who was out there has a share of the responsibility, but that unfortunately did play a large part in us in us uh, going out. And it was just a you know, it was just a disaster and I'm trying to put context in it, I'm trying to break it down, but some t- some results are so bad that you cannot do that, that you have to just look at the players and say, I'm sorry, you fucked it. And I can't say, well, I but this and I but that. And as you said earlier, we can't say, well, we're the new team. So did they. And we can't say, well, it's early in the season. So did they. And yes, I do think that the players will get better. And I do think the squad at this stage is better than it was last season. So all of that holds true. And anyone coming and saying, because I'm, I'm, you know me, Scott, naturally, but when it comes to the football side of things, I tend to the, the optimistic side. And you've always been wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, the last six years have, have been a, yeah, a sobering so experience. Pessimism has been buying on every single time. That, that's correct. That's, but yeah. I think um, in this instance, it is one of those times where everybody just has to say to the players, you fucked it, and the players have to say, we fucked it, we're sorry. I don't think there's a lot of analysis we can do. I think the analysis comes in two parts. Yeah, First of all, yeah, it was lazy, work-shy performance. Uh, nobody actually made anything happen. And secondly, if you're going to criticise the manager, which I've been doing in words far more colourful than the ones I'm about to use, I think things like, take take the substitution of Windass. Now, it's not one man's fault we lost. But you're hanging on to a lead away from home. You're not going to score in a million years. It looks like you're going to have to defend that lead. It looks like the home team might come at you a bit. It looks like it might be a little bit back to the wall. Windass is the last player on earth you'd ever bring into a battle. Or we had to track your men, drop deep, win 50-50s, maybe do the odd... Simply the last man you'd ever get have next to you in a, in a, a fight. That's what makes it so bizarre. I, I, I can't see why he was brought on. What, in a tough, the going gets tough, what earth would you bring Windass on for? Mm. And it's things like that that, that do have the fans shaking their head and thinking, like, you know, that's, that made literally no sense. But it was, a, it was a holidaymakers thing, as you said. They went there... Hoping, thinking about Cyprus. Yeah. Well, I, I, I admit, I don't, I don't normally do that. I don't normally look ahead, but I, I did in this instance. So, clearly yeah, the players, players did, did too. And it's just, it's a shambles. There's nothing. You and I could sit here for the whole rest of the pod talking about, as you said, maybe try, you can't contextualise it. It's an abomination and an embarrassment. And it'll take these And the problem for me is that, as we'll come on to in a minute, it leaves the players and the manager in particular now, with no wriggle room, None. no yep. to manoeuvre. No, and this this is the point. Now, on the debate about the manager, after the initial anger had subsided, uh, there is, we, we have to be honest here, 
everybody who says he's just and he's just had his own players and last season you can't really judge him because of the circumstances around it. These are all fair points and I'm not dismissing them in the slightest. And yes, you have to think that a guy who, in terms of his summer, had clearly a plan and knew what he wanted to do and executed it in terms of the players he brought in, that does you know he's clearly not an idiot. I don't think that that's fair to to say he's clearly not. So all of that stuff is true. There's just and I've I've spoken about this before, but there's just this wee nagging voice at the back of my mind, and I think people I've spoken to, even the the kind of more sensible ones, have said the same thing. Just this little nagging doubt that's saying, is this guy somebody who maybe talks a really good game, who plans really well, but can't execute it? Because we've seen that before with the previous manager, and there's a lot of the same alarm bells ringing. And is it a case of maybe we've hired someone who makes a terrific assistant manager because you know he's got the the, the ability to to work out tactically and to identify players and all the, all that good stuff. But maybe he has a problem between getting that from the idea stage into the you know into the actual arena itself. It's very the only way to dismiss that is results. Am I right? Which have been terrible since the end of last season, exactly. And new managers have to curry favour, and it's not fair. And I think where you're driving with this, and I'm going to use a David phrase, and because I, I bet you're about to use it, and I want to win five pounds from you, right? Okay. But you were about to use the phrase that stats and positivity and websites can make you think a certain thing, mm. but they can't make you feel a certain yeah. thing. Uh, and I know I keep coming back to that, but it's true. It, and, and that's exactly, you, you, win, you win five pounds. Um, it is exactly that, that I can think, and I can look at it logically, and I do. And as I say, I, I'm an optimist, and I want to say, well, you know, they'll get better, and they'll get fitter, and we've got guys coming in, yada, yada, yada. All true. It's just, as I say, at the back of my mind, there's this little voice going... This guy isn't up to this. And the only way I can silence that voice is to have a a string of results and performances that I can look at and go, hey, voice, fuck off. And yes, if you're wondering if I do have voices in my head, uh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. It's why why I can live on my own miles away from everybody else. I don't really need to bother with other humans. Only one of David's voices is on the register. And uh, another couple of them. I, I, call are wanted. It, I call it Mark. Yes, another couple of voices are wanted in connection with questioning it on the continent. Mm. The rest of them seem fine to me. I've met most of them. Well, they're the, okay. The problem that I have genuinely, the problem that I have with the voices in my head is that if you tell me to do something, I find it very difficult to um, to, to lift that that thought from it. So, for instance, this week this pod was touch and go because I went to see Tom Petty uh, in the Heartbreakers in London on Sunday. It was fantastic. I'd, been wanting to see Tom Perry for 26 years, it was amazing. And I thought, I want to see him again. And I just, you know, that way you go online and I'm looking and it's like, oh, he's playing in Toronto on Saturday night. And I'm sitting going, I could <laughs> I could go to that. I, 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 I could get a flight tomorrow, 400 quid, um, and then you know, 400 quid in hotel rooms. I could do this for less than a grand. And it was seriously touch and go for a bit. I had to really fight it off. Um, the missus... To her credit, said, um, "You know what Sally's like. She's like, well, you know, it's your money. If you want to go, go. And she's not one of these, you know. Oh, fine, go. She she genuinely means it. So I was touching go, but then I've I've reckoned him. He's playing California in September, so I'll go to that instead. 
which which means I've got three months, I think, then to to train you up to be able to run a pod on your own. Oh, still think it's unlikely though. No, but, so do um, I. I've had, I've had <laughs> seven years so far. Yeah. Um, I know I'd probably make. Well, I, I'd probably have to. I'd Warburton it. I think. Um, I think Scott, you would make have... you would make Brexit look like a well planned and brilliantly executed manoeuvre. I know it's the, the, the worst podcast since Olaf the Hairy ordered ten thousand helmets with the horns on the inside, as opposed to the usual two helmets. Well, <laughs> she's like, um, coming to that later, but um, literally. But I think the thing with Pedro is this pod, and we went on. You'll be able to listen back to the pods and. We were very clear last season amidst the results, shall we say, which made people sit up and take notice. Is that a nice way of putting it, David? Yeah. Um, results which left some people aghast. And we put over on the pod our opinion that we hoped, we hoped that it was a, a plan. That it was a plan coming together to test players, to test, as David saying, a tactical, a European tactical masterclass that would lead, take us on from that place to another place. But the worry, the back of the mind thing that they've been talking about, the back of the mind thing is, is what if it wasn't a plan? What if that wasn't? What if he played Celtic, for example, the week after the, the League Cup, the Scottish Cup final, and that was his idea, and that was what he actually thought we should do? What if it was not a plan? But we can't. We have to look. Everything goes three weeks from now, Motherwell, away from home, and that's it. Everything goes towards that game. Friendlies don't matter. Nothing matters. He's left himself no wriggle room. The squad have left himself no wriggle room. Everybody now hates the players that are left over from the Warburton era. There's a few of them. Everyone now despises all of them. So I think what you'll see against Motherwell is pretty much everybody brought in by Pedro. Because they're the ones that anyone will tolerate. And we just have to get some sort of result. Even 1-0 from a deflection. Pedro needs points. He needs them early. Because he has, he's not like a new manager with goodwill now. No, he's There's not. Very much goodwill. Yeah. And he needs to win competitive matches straight away yeah we're well past the honeymoon stage with Pedro we're now at the stage where she's eaten a lot of cakes put on weight let herself go the house is a tip and and you're starting to tie up girls in bars yeah and uh, you know you you, you would rather kind of sit downstairs watch match of the day then have a wank once it finishes than go up and give her one yes yeah we're at that stage of the relationship so yeah. and like I say Scott and I normally will sit and try and give you a little bit of context or try and say well it'll improve but there's nothing we can do that's the thing it's now out of the hands of anyone uh, other than the players and the manager we have to win football matches and that's the thing about there's there's two ways I see it going and it, it will be that we get a win at Motherwell by hook or by crook it doesn't matter how we just get the three points that engenders a bit of confidence we've got two home games after that which we then win with gradual improvement and get off to a good start and go into the Tims game in a bit of confidence or we struggle badly against Motherwell limp off that to poor results or a defeat at home or whatever and go into the Tims game on a real low and end up getting a real trousering and if that happens, if, if 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 situation A happens, then I think he can turn it around. And if situation B happens, the clamour to remove him is going to be huge. If after the first quarter of the season we're already out of sight behind, then yeah, he won't be able to stay on. The pressure from the stands, the hostility from the stands will not allow it, even if it's a caretaker manager. 
He will not survive the first quarter unless we are in touching distance of the top. We might not win the league. I don't think we will. No one's saying that. But it has to be competitive in that first quarter, at least. And I'm afraid that's where he's left himself and that's where he's left the fans. David and I don't just... We don't come on here. People say we don't do research. And while that's true... Yeah. In a way, what we do a lot of is informal... And totally head, don't we? We, we, we? we seek opinions. Yeah, and yeah. And that's yeah. where this... David and I, we talked to a lot of folk and come together and say, what the, drunk, the jungle drums at the moment, what we are hearing is people is there's zero tolerance, zero patience. Win games, I win them now and shut up about everyone else. Put away your pepper pots and your salt and pepper pots and stop talking. Same with the team, win games. There is no tolerance, there is no honeymoon, there is no, oh, I love his wee accent. Uh, everyone hates the players and everyone hates him at the moment. And they'll turn it around if they win games, but there is no wriggle room, there's no, nowhere to go with this. And that is the sad fact. And everyone listening to this will say the same. You might think we're harsh. We'll see on social media. But ask yourself deep down, do you give them wriggle room? And the answer for all of you out there will be no. We have to win and stay close to Celtic's uh, tails in this early part of the season. And there's nothing else, nothing except that. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Sometimes um, people might listen and think that we, you know, we'll, we'll be trying to kind of push an agenda. And then really we don't genuinely... Uh, um, unless it's on certain issues where we will say, you know, this is how we feel. What we try to do is reflect the mood of the fans. So Scott and I can feel that Pedro's unlucky to be in this situation. I don't think we do in this occasion, but we could say that, you know, we think he's unlucky or we could say that, that you know, he should be given time. It's the, the difference between what should happen and what we think will happen, and that's what we try to reflect. And as, as Scott says, it comes from speaking to to fans and try to judge the mood and all the rest of it. You can make that logical point about you know new players, new team, blah blah, bad result, things happen, but it, it's just the reality of the situation. The real politic of the situation is that he doesn't have, I don't think, another embarrassment in him, which is unfortunate. It's the you know the timing of when he arrived. It's the fact that he inherited a terrible team going up against a Celtic team that was flying. All of that is correct. But for the rank and file supporter, he didn't have a lot of wow factor when he arrived, which unfortunately, you know, had it been a name that people knew, might have might have allowed him a bit more room. So he didn't have a lot of wow factor, and the results since then are compounding the feeling that Rangers have, have made a bizarre appointment. And the only way to turn it round, as Scott said, is to win games. Which is why this defeat was so crushing, because it left us a month without any matches. And nature abhors a vacuum, Rangers supporters especially. And if we see a vacuum, we will fill it. Um, and that's With what's... Vitriol, usually. Yes, and that is what, especially after a result of that. So that's what's been happening. Yep. And all of that creates the mood music around the club, which had been really good the week before. But changed almost overnight with that result so moving on then it did change overnight after that result and uh, one of the reasons that it did was because it was then followed up almost immediately on the Wednesday in fact by the final result of the the BTC the big tax case where it was found that Rangers use of EBTs in the early 90s uh, sorry in the early 2000s to apologize we're not the daily record we try to we try to be factual that they were in fact um, liable to be taxed 
And obviously that doesn't affect the situation because of the whole uh, new co-oco thing, so it doesn't have any practical effect on us. But it did do, which we all knew and, and, and unfortunately suspected would happen, that it would bring out the malcontents in Scottish football to start complaining about... Uh, Rangers having titles removed that were won and trophies that were won during that era. Now, the SFA moved very quickly to point out that this wasn't possible due to the fact that uh, Lord Nimmo Smith, independent inquiry, had already ruled on it. And that would seem to be that. But there has since then been a concerted campaign by the usual suspects to have Rangers titles removed. And in particular maybe pushing it to the next level, was when it came from Celtic FC themselves who made an, a, a statement uh, asking... A mind-boggling statement, a baffling statement, really, when you look on it, a quite um, astonishing statement. Well, let, let's get into it then, um, because there's, there's a lot to talk about here. Now, firstly, Rangers fans are sitting worried about this. Don't be. Because if there was any chance that they could remove the titles from us, trust me, they would be doing it already. Do not feel for a second that the reason that it's it's not happening is due to any goodwill on the part of the authorities. It's the fact that a binding agreement was set up to take place and that in the case of Lord Nemo Smith, he found within the rules of the law that Rangers had not acted illegally. And that was also re- reaffirmed by by the, the the judgment down from the uh, from the Supreme Court, where they, they were at pains they explicitly said that Rangers had not acted illegally. So, to put it into layman's terms, Rangers had argued that this scheme meant that wages weren't taxable. HMRC had argued that they were, in fact, taxable, and the court agreed. So, therefore taxes due on them. That's all that happened. There's nothing illegal. It's tax avoidance, not tax evasion, which is a different thing. Now, if you want to argue with me about the morality of these things, that's fine. We can do this. And me, as a bleeding heart left winger, will agree with you. Because I don't like tax avoidance. I don't like the fact that extremely rich people then find ways to avoid paying their fair share to society. Scott, as a right-wing Nazi bastard, will disagree with that. No, you'd be surprised. Not at all. All right, um, I, I must admit, I thought you'd be in, you know, Thatcher's child and all that. No, I think um, it's healthy to pay tax. I just don't believe that socialists know how to create any wealth that would lead to anybody being liable to pay tax. So yeah, that's probably where we true. differ. I believe in a system that, that creates wealth and David was a system that gives it away, even though there isn't any wealth. Because he's a, a cotton-mouthed, stuffed-headed, communist buffoon. Yeah, well, you get your system right then, because at the moment, all that we're doing is we're creating wealth for about four people. I know, and you've got Corbyn who'd give it away despite not having it. We're both both of our leaders are fault flawed. Both our parties are, are not right. It's time for, I agree. A, time for anarchy. We've let's, long, we've long said it. Let's meet in the middle. Anarchy. Time for the purge. But... Um, or join the Lib Dems. Over and above that, we've so we've had the morality aspect of it, and that's fine. That's a different discussion. But the people are coming at us and saying, "We, we, well, you need to give us your titles." Are saying because of a league, there is no legal reason Rangers did not commit any crimes. They did not breach any rules apart from the one about disclosure of side letters, which they were fined for by Lord Nimmo Smith, and that's the end of that. Now, people asking for 
oh, well, in that case, we want another independent inquiry. It's a bit like the, the SNP. Oh, you didn't vote right the first time. So we're going to do it again till you do. And it's the same with us. If, if there was another independent inquiry who would find the same thing because it's the law, um, yeah. they would go, well, we, we want another one. And that's the problem. It's, it becomes tribalism. Now, like I say, I don't like, personally, I, I don't like tax avoidance. It doesn't do anything for me. But I'm not a hypocrite about it because I use Amazon who do it. I go to mm-hmm. Starbucks who do it. As I bet do the people who are so prominently out against us at the moment. It, it was something I wish Rangers hadn't done. Every Rangers fan, I'm sure, wishes it was something that we hadn't done, given how it ended up to us. Because, by Christ, we suffered for it. Um, but from the decisions... Not will we're the only team that have. People talk about what's happened to them, title stripping. A, nothing happened to them because it wasn't illegal. But B, do they think they've suffered a tenth of what we've been through in the last six, seven years? No. The only team to get fucked over by EBTs is us, mm. and still are. So that we still are being. Absolutely. So there's there's no point pretending that this is anything other just than a witch hunt by led by a club. Now, Celtic are very clever here because they know there's no chance of it happening. Right? They're not stupid. And like I say, if you look at the SFA statement, the the fact that they said we we've checked with the lawyers and basically told us no. That wasn't a case of them saying, uh, you know, we don't want to do this, it's done. It was a case of them going, we'd love to do this, but we can't. Um, and Rangers are, you know, are in a position now to fight it, so they're not in the chaos that they were a few years ago when we had to agree to stuff. But a few points, Celtic statement was designed to, because they know nothing can happen, it, it, it's the thing, Celtic Peter said to SFA Peter, can we have the titles? SFA Peter said, no, actually, here's the legal. And, and Celtic Peter went, okay, but then put the statement out because he knew the rabbits and the support would expect it. And he'll now mm-hmm. be able to you know, make a joke at the Celtic AGM and think that's it done. Celtic fans feel cheated. What's new? Celtic yeah. fans feel that they didn't win things because of some malign influence. Fucking day of the week with a Y in it. This is their default yep. position. So, unfortunately, just because Celtic fans are having a cry wank about it isn't reason to go and change something in, in your life because that is what they do. It's their default position. I've always felt that being a Celtic fan seemed quite a joyless thing and I think that they have this image of themselves as joy. it's why they hate us when we're having a laugh it's why they hate the Twitter reaction and us doing things like EBT memories and stuff it, it, they can't stand that because it, their self image is that they're, they're, they're very humorous people and, and they're not <laughs> um, uh, they, in my time in my experience with Celtic supporters and, and other people can, can tell me what, what they think of this they don't enjoy winning things they don't celebrate winning things. They get a grim satisfaction at having denied us things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you an example for it. Years ago, in a fanzine um, that my uh, ex-brother-in-law had, as a Celtic supporter, and I picked it up and I was reading it, and there was an interview with, uh, uh, talk about timely, uh, with, with uh, Joe Miller, which I wish I'd read now because, you know, the, st- <laughs> the stuff that could have been in it. You know, Joe Miller, you know, when he when he discovered Tarzan and things like that. But the intro to it said, Joe Miller, who prevented the Huns winning a treble in 1989. Not Joe Miller, 
who won the Scottish Cup for Celtic. And that to me has always yeah. been a really interesting microcosm of the Celtic support. This should be their best days. This should be among their best, certainly the best in their modern Celtic sports life. They've got a really good team. They've got a good manager. The prime, no opposition. No opposition. They're primed to go for Europe uh, this season and, and have a decent fist at it. They should be loving this. They're not. They are instead perma-raged, walking about choked, because we engulf them. We didn't cheat, because people are banding about that emotive language. Firstly, anyone... There are two things to spot if, you, if you're dealing with an agenda-led half-wit. One is illegal. It wasn't illegal. And in fact, the, the judgment explicitly went out of its way to state that it wasn't illegal. Secondly, is cheating. It wasn't cheating. Cheating, surely, indicates deliberately breaking rules and trying to cover it up in the not to gain an advantage. Rangers declared the EBTs in their books every year. They were there for anyone to see. They were not a secret. They were legal at the time. It was later found that they were legal still. It was was just found that they weren't, in fact, uh, tax-free or ways of avoiding tax. So, do I like it? No, of course I don't. Wish it hadn't happened, right? But don't give me this pish about it was illegal or you cheated. The case from the Celtic supporters does come down to user pure hun bastards, yous must have done something. Which you is why you're, you just yeah. did. Which is why they're getting more and more upset. Now, for the rest of Scottish football getting involved, one, it's a desperate attempt to be relevant at something. Two, it feeds into an ability to pretend that somehow, you know, if it wasn't for us keeping them down, they would actually amount to being worth something other than you know fifty p in a fucking set of tracksuits. They are just we're the panto villains, and that's fine. But Aberdeen fans getting involved in it, go for it, bend over, be Celtics bitch, because look how fucking well it went for Dundee United. Talking I, of which, yep. Talking of which, David, what reminded me was the most amazing of last week. Do you remember that thing that used to be a few years ago called the Dundee United? Vaguely, it used to be around in the SPL a few years back. Remember, mm. um, I think. Well, they're back. They, apparently they've got some fans. I, don't, I didn't know that. And their fans even issued a statement against us. I didn't even know that was still going to Dundee United. I didn't know we still got that these days. Scott, can we, can, can we please, can we please, this is a premiership issue, okay? Let, well, that's, let, let's yeah. keep it relevant. Now, for Aberdeen fans, the worst thing that ever happened to them was that five-year period under Alex Ferguson when, when they were relevant. Because somehow... It's it's stuck with them that they are, and they so are not. And it's like, Celtic want to strip your titles, right, fuck, do they? Well, we're going to fight, everyone stripped, ready for action, here we go. Aberdeen fans want to strip your titles, so, you know, who gives a flying fuck? We literally could not care less about what you do. Celtic, sure, okay, yep, fair enough, That's that's a thing. You can't... Ugh, come on. Seriously, lads. Just fuck off, right? You're, you're not... Sit down, you're drunk. You're not impressing anyone. And, and like I say, you know, do, do, I think it, it says a lot about Aberdeen that they finish treble runners-up and what's the first reaction in the summer? Don't sell a player to the team who finished below us. Oh, but sell sell one to the team that finished above us. You know? That's the difference there. 
Instead of looking up the way to go and achieve, they looked to us and we finished below them. But we own them. That That's it. We are in their heads forever. And when people argue about who's the biggest team in Scotland, it's things like that, lads. It's things like that. We always will be. So, unfortunately, we're not going to... We don't have the time to to pay attention to a bunch of guys wearing Leacock Sportif and running about listening to the House Martins trying to pretend it's permanently 1983. Just fuck off and leave yeah. us in peace, right? Big folk are talking. This doesn't concern you. I think that has put the nails in a few coffins. If only that were literally the case. Yes. Now, a few other things. If you are massively against tax avoidance. And as I say, I admit, I, I don't like it, but the reason I don't make a big thing about it is because I use firms. Um, our, our friend Stephen Smith, comrade, doesn't. Right? He, he will boycott firms and he will stick to it. Whereas I won't, because it's easy for me to, you know, to order something on Amazon and get it the next day. And it's easy for me to, to call... He's Principles, we don't really care that much. No, no. I, I, I've got things that I sort of kind of believe in, but principles, nah, not so much. You know me. Um, I'd, I'd have been Italy in the war. I'd have switched side with the way the wind blew. But in terms of if you really fundamentally believe this, that you feel that this is it should be illegal even though it's not, and it's a form of cheating even though it isn't, okay then, fine. All forms of it then. All for, let's eradicate all forms of it from Scottish football. What about film schemes that people invest in to avoid paying paying tax? Are you going to boycott okay. people who did that? Ah, you okay. see, but it wasn't the club. Ah, you're right. It's just a coincidence that every fucking Celtic player that signed in that period somehow got connected to that firm. It's just I'm a sure coincidence. They made some films. I'm sure they made some films. <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh, maybe they made that one. You know the one... About uh, always cheated, never defeated. I think, or well, they brought out some some kind of mad old Celtic <laughs> gave gave away. This we're not making this up. If you invested in a film, they gave you a Sabutio piece. Uh, That's yeah, fucking I, true. And they had the opening night of the film inside Celtic Park. Yeah, and it was basically it was basically a sort of straight for YouTube. So they basically plugged in a laptop and projected. Uh-uh. And everybody sat, everybody sat there with their kind of, you know, their, their free farm foods pie and their Sabutio Jinky Johnston. It was oh, fucking genius. That, see that, mate? It turns out they huns are against us. Fuck, it turns out they did cheat us. Cheat yeah. us. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, so if you're against that, then great, go for it. You know, I look forward to you seeing the campaign to have Peter Lawwell removed from his position at Celtic Park, to have goals stricken from the record scored by Craig Bellamy, etc, etc. You're not going to do it because you don't care about tax. After our defeat in Luxembourg, there came out briefly uh, a thing that UEFA were looking into the eligibility of uh, uh, of one of the Luxembourg players or one of the Progress players. And everyone, and I mean everyone, are you connected in any way with Rangers, be it officially or just as a supporter, said, no fucking chance, do not do that. It would be such an embarrassment. They beat us fair and square, end of story. That's the difference between us and them. They go for loopholes and they grasp and any sort of straw and they're trying to get titles that they they didn't win, that they couldn't win, and that they had all the advantages of, incidentally, even with EBTs, they outspent us all those years. 
Um, we were just better than them, as we will be again fairly soon, because we are not obsessed with them, they're obsessed with us. Now, as for, like I say, you know, the, the whole kind of campaign, campaign, some fucking social virgins uh running about with banners uh yeah yeah that that that's that's frightening they're going to boycott oh fuck most of your clubs look as though you've had a boycott going for years go for it they'll boycott ibrox fantastic we're in the could not give a fuck business um don't let us have tickets to your grounds you know, live this thing be brave live it um don't 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 offer us tickets to your ground just and don't come. Celtic fans, do not... How can you set foot in Ibrox and give us 50 quid a skull? Don't do it. You Absolutely. Know? I mean, if you'd encourage your convictions... That's, but also don't expect us to fill your middens either. You hate us. You, what we've done is wrong. So let's see how you go on selling your tickets then, the rest of the team. Yeah, and, and I mean, absolutely. If you if you hate us, fine, just don't come. We, we don't particularly want you. And uh, it doesn't bother us in the slightest that it's going to happen. A couple of statements came out. Dave King um, made a statement and he made mention just, you know, that it was completely David Murray's fault, which it was. And I hope that any lingering good feeling Rangers fans had towards him is now eradicated. Um, Murray was warned about this. And Murray knew, incidentally, for anyone, where Rangers were going from about 2008. And he knew the likely outcome, which is what happened. Uh but all he was concerned about was saving Murray International. He used Rangers as a as a shield uh, to protect his own company, which in the end didn't work either. But the man was a the man was a disaster, and the the, the people who are kind of really gripping and griping are your your usual, as I say, malcontents. You know your your press guys who need us to be relevant. Ignore them. Who gives a fuck? You know, let them speak to the ever diminishing choir. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you may wish to wonder why statements by Dundee United supporters group made it into the Daily Record, whereas one by Rangers, uh, the, the Club 1872 statement, Rangers' second biggest shareholder, who own over 10% of the club, was not deemed worthy of inclusion. And if you didn't see it, go and check it out. What they basically said is, all things are off, uh, uh, are, are on the table then. If you you go for this, we're going to start calling inquiries into everything that happened over the last fifty years. Everything. Everything, and and of course, there's been this sort of uncomfortable. Oh, how can they do that? You you know what they're talking about, don't you? And it's like, well, we all know what they're talking about, which fucking tells you something. But yeah, you want to play, you want to play that game. Fine, we'll do it. We've been fine about. I mean, realistically, you know, stupid jokes. Basically, you know, but if this is what you want to do, and before you say, "Oh, you're using this to your own ends," don't give us your pish that you're suddenly attacks uh, a very concerned, you know, member of the, uh, a member of the HMRC because we don't believe it. So yeah, we'll we'll fight with every weapon at our disposal, and we'll win because unfortunately in Britain, the law is not superseded by user pure hun bastards. It's a shame, I know, right. But it's the law. So we have a situation, we have Rangers with a United fan base who will pay fucking anything towards keeping our titles. And the law, on our side, you have a coalition of Dundee United, Aberdeen and online mentalist Tims. Yeah, I'm quite confident going into this struggle. 
And I would say that it, the, the sort of level of debate or the level of opposition we're up against was a guy who tweeted me to say, ah, you're full of yourself just now, but uh, you won't be when we strike the titties. <laughs> and I, I just, look, you might feel Rangers did you wrong, but it's never justifiable to stripe anyone's titties unless you have come to some sort of agreement beforehand. And what I will say is as well that David could easily go to the police about that because we don't. Sally might be safe. We assume she is, but we don't know. Sally right now could be having paint stripes put down her titties by a mad Tim. We don't know. No, is that a threat? I think it could be. I, I think I should go to the police and say this man has said he's going to stripe my titties. And uh, oh man, I would love to. I, I'd just love that to be read out in court. <laughs> the defendant the, the defendant then tweeted the blame Do you to, deny? Do, do you deny? deny offering to strike his titties? <laughs> I'll be sitting there with like both hands on them, you know, like um, Sylvia Sims in uh in the or Jones, I'm sorry, in the, the carry on films. Hell, be just sitting there like, uh with, with my hands across my nipples. But as, no one strike my titties. No one strike. Another one that I quite liked <clears throat> was Dominic Diamond, who you may remember from the nineties. Um, Dominic, um, yeah, yeah, the Dominic Dime, Dominic with a K for anyone who's looking it up, which means his parents were illiterate. Um, well, Dominic with a K, uh, he posted, and I loved this. He said, "The thing is that they know that they cheated, and it chokes them." And I'm like, "Yeah." When we look back at Helicopter Sunday, we go, "Well, that was terrible." <laughs> yeah. uh, gutted man. Fucking Neil McCann yeah. putting that cross in for loving crans. When I watch it now, Scott, I'm telling you. Oh, I mean, it just I feel bad for them more than anything, mate. I offered um, him an out. I, and he, he is a moral coward because, if you recall, go and look this up, folks, Dominic Diamond, Crucifixion. Um, when he couldn't get a gig in British TV, which is why I had to move to Canada, when he couldn't get a gig, um, desperately, Partridge style, he pitched an idea to, must have been Channel 5, it's got Channel 5 written all over it, um, that he would go and take part in this um, mental, there's no other word to describe it, mental festival that they have every year in the Philippines where people prove their love to God by being crucified. Mm-hmm. Not the whole hog, you don't get stabbed in the side, but you know everything else. So Dominic got his film crew, and they went along and he filmed them, and he pulled out at the feet of the cross after watching another nine guys get crucified. Now, I don't blame him. Some might say he was cynically exploiting his faith, in inverted commas, for a payday. I think, yes. you know, because clearly he had no intention of being crucified. Who fucking would? It's not. But I said to Dominic, OK, tell you what, Dominic, just to prove us wrong and that you're a man of principle and faith, we'll voluntarily give up five titles if you get crucified. To death, though. No, just... No, no. Just all we need are a few bits of wood, a hammer and some nails. We'll crucify Dominic, leave him at half an hour, and afterwards Celtic can get five titles. And he did not respond. Despite us getting the hashtag deal for Dom trending on Twitter. And he still refused. He still refused. Now, to me, if I'm a Celtic fan listening to this, I'd be hounding him. Because you could have five more titles right now, boys. Rangers could be stripped of five titles right now had Dominic Diamond just agreed 
to forget himself for five minutes and think of others. And he wouldn't even do that. Selfish bastard. It's it's just beyond ignorance. Rangers fans need to embrace this, Scott, don't they? If they they hate us, right, and that's that's fair enough. And the Diddy teams are just like the wee shites that you got hanging about with the bully at school, right? The ones that would stand behind them um, and couldn't well, find sleep. We need to be honest. We need to embrace the. We need to. Yeah, I think it's be the bad guys. Fuck them, right? I think so. We Take need to, the piss. Uh, need to revel in this. The yeah. thing about it is, Scottish football is completely shit, right? Yes. It's nowhere. It's nothing. And what this motley collection of nobodies have decided is that this is their entertainment now. Because nobody wants to go to see Scottish football or pay for it. Or well, we believes. do. We're the only ones, apparently. Yeah. And there's no competition. There's no actual genuine thrills. So, seeing what they can get out of Rangers basically... Is, is the new that's it that's what these fans have decided they want to do it's like oh, Celtic when I'm in the treble again but at least we can put the boot into the Huns yeah. and it's just it's like part of the sporting landscape now apparently and we should enjoy it as, as this is the most important thing David's hinted this a few times and we'll, we'll put it home again we're the biggest team in Scotland by a mile in mm-hmm. terms of support but also not just support the psychological shadow that we cast over our opponents is huge it's man U sized it's Juventus sized See when David and I watch the tally football on a Sunday, we'll tweet each other. See when it's the 89th minute and a plucky team are about to beat them. No, they're not. UV, you mean? The plucky team's about to have the... Yeah, UV. They're about to have the dreams ruined mm. any minute now. And we have to be that bully. We have to be that... You hate us? Good. Don't try and make up with them. Don't talk to them around the water cooler. Don't try and explain yourself. Don't try to contextualise it. You did this, I would did. I, I we did. Fuck, I, I, did. Yeah, Fuck yeah. you. Fifty-four, two hundred and fifty grand fine to swear off seventy-four million pounds worth of debt. Get it up, you. Yeah, we, we couldn't have afforded any of those players, mate. Yeah, just like, go None for it. You know, compound it, make it worse for them because they're the ones who are lying awake at night worrying about it. We're not. We don't give a flying fuck, right? It's done. It's history. It's past. They're not getting the titles because, again. Celtic, for all their moral indignation, Celtic supporters do not want light cast on their last 50 years. No. It's cold in the shadow. Yeah, absolutely it is. And that, that's fine. You know, we, we've never really pushed to make it a thing either. We'd think that they would want to make right for it, but they never have. So that's, that, that's okay, right? We want to get on with just being a football team. We want to get on with rivalries being decided on the pitch. And that's exactly how it's going to go and because Celtic no matter how well they do for the next few years they're not going to win the league infinity times in a row at one point and it may take longer than we wish but at one point we are going to win 55 and their heads are going to fucking explode so help them along that journey I do not mean that literally by the way just before any kind of Celtic supporter last and test reports me to the police for threatening to explode people's heads no, this isn't scanners. No, there's a lot of that about at the moment. And uh, But to Rangers fans, don't worry about that. Worry about the team. That's cool. You know, we're all in that sort of situation at the moment. But don't worry particularly about title stripping. It's not going to happen. Other teams have got far more to lose than us. Put it that way. But if you can push a Celtic fan over the edge, I think you should do it. Again, do not mean that literally. No, but hashtag... Make them sweat. Anything <laughs> you can do with a smile on your face to, to drive them further into insanity, I think you should all take that little opportunity. Yeah. Take, take that opportunity and push for it. 
But like I say, if they thought for a minute, the authorities in Scotland, that they could do it, trust me, proceedings would be underway already. Uh, there's a bit of me, though, I admit, the rabble-rousing, we are the people shouting, Edgar of old, quite fancies the scrap. Oh, we would... See if they made us press the nuclear button, it would be in some ways delicious. It'd be the end of Scottish football, but they would have asked for it, not us. Mm. They'd have brought it about. Yeah, no, I, I'm good at that. I'm not good at bridge building. Good at bridge no. destroying, as I've proved many times in my life. Never understood that bridge building. No, I think that, I think that never we've, back. Yeah, we've seen the end of that. I think that yeah. definitely that that sort of thing. And I know the chairman didn't name any organisations, any statement about boy you already mentioned. You continue to yeah, make up, but I think there are de- yeah there are definitely <laughs> things out there that um, again I'm not a big one for telling telling people how to behave. Um, but in that way, well, I am. No, I and I am. That that was a lie. See, I told you earlier I was a hypocrite. I've never. You know, I've never had that, but uh, yeah, I do. I, I tell everyone around me how to behave. Um, yeah, you know, otherwise I just remove myself from the from the company. So, yeah, um, don't don't buy papers that hate us and don't cover us fairly. Don't listen to radio stations that hate us and cover us unfairly. Talk to your fellow Rangers fans. You know, they're the only sensible conversation that you'll get. And yeah. um, but as Scott says, if you get the opportunity to. Make someone's pain a little worse. Take it. Yeah, you know. If someone's got a crackpot conspiracy theory, confirm it. Confirm it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Agree that is the case. No, yeah. you're right, mate. And um, we had a massive fucking Masonic meeting in uh, 2010, and Lord Nemo Smith stood up at it and went, "Don't worry, lads, I've got this." And my favourite, he just looked at him and go, "You have no idea how high this goes," <laughs> <laughs> and then walked away. <laughs> That, that absolutely. That just that's yeah. that's the standard line. Let's get T-shirts printed. You have no idea how high this goes. Yeah. There's it, a hashtag for you folks. Yeah, it it, it does. The, the, this reaches in. I mean, David Ike. That's all I'm saying. David Ike. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Now, Scott. Just before we go, I have a sporting integrity. Do you? I probably the same one that you do. Go on, then you do it. You're better at it than me. It was unavoidable. Um, right, we don't have much time, as David says, but we've been talking tonight about the performance in Luxembourg, and to be honest, David, some of our some of our players, even the better ones, it was it was being surrounded by pricks, wasn't it? It really was. It was being surrounded by uh, it, it pricks in a football context. But imagine that. Speaking of which, <laughs> yeah, speaking of which, this is incredible. Um, it's hard to even. Four players from Sporting Club Gaucho in Brazil yep. decided to film a gay bongo film yes. in the dressing room and shower area of the club stadium. Yes. For, for reasons. For reasons. Because reasons, yes. Uh, but, I mean, anywhere, usually anonymity, but no, it was quite clearly inside the club's uh, changing facilities. Um, and they got caught, of course, because what happened was the top secret video was leaked on social media in about 2.3 seconds. That never happens. No, I mean, oh God. I mean, usually when you've got a girlfriend, you can say, can I film this? And on, it's just for me later, maybe to look at yeah, in privacy. totally. That's true. That's totally true. Um, so basically, uh, the tape emerged with four players from the Paso Fundo-based club, sport club Gaucho, 
mutually masturbating in the dressing room. <laughs> Three of the players were caught in flagrante while another was filming events taking place. Where's flagrante? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my second favourite place based joke with the other being uh, I went on my holiday to Jamaica uh, did, the wife, uh, did the wife come? No she came of her own accord I love that one as well Also um, remind me never to move to that place where all unemployment is high Where? Well that place it's had all the jobs were in jeopardy hey. uh, uh, President Gilmar Russo Russo was shown the footage and decided to terminate all four players' contracts immediately. I hit play, then I had to delete it. It's disgusting, Russo told Globo Sporty. Now, outside business hours, we've nothing to do with it. They want to get drunk, be gays, anything, <laughs> that's their problem. That's the however, however, as club president, if during a trip, a match, office hours, or anywhere where they're representing the club, that's my responsibility. The club is not a keeper of morals, we have to answer to the making of a video inside the club's uh, dressing room. Had the video been heterosexual, I'd have done the same thing. There you go. So And he also said, though, the other reason I'm doing this is so that I can protect these players from ridicule by the fans. They will never come through this. The fans won't accept it. No, I, I, I don't think that that... Uh, Brazil being a notoriously... Um, <laughs> notoriously uh, unsafe environment for homosexual people. I don't think that the players are gonna get uh, are get. To... What the fuck were they thinking? Like, it'll look, it's openly four players in their club, basically in their club jerseys or whatever, inside the dressing room. You're wanking oh, each other off. I've always, you know, we have always thought that there's something. You know, you know these roasting videos. Yeah. There's four guys and there's one girl and the the guys are they never they're never looking at the girl. Have you noticed that? Oh, no. the, these footballers they're always looking at each other. I get it. If I look, see if I'd been at Rangers in the nineties, I'd have wanked off Brian Louder. You'd have had to think it was in the contract along with EBT. Yeah, that would have been fine. But yeah, I, I like currently if a video came out, do you think we could talk like Windass, you know, into wanking off? Mike Crooks and stuff and just <laughs> save a few quid well, well, good little. So, well as I say there's so many jokes in there about all, all the pricks in our dressing room mm. um, and but obviously listeners on social media or whatever feel free to come up with your best Rangers related um, pricks masturbation wanking. good ball oh, skills yeah. I mean it, it, it's, a, yeah. it's a wide open field it is it's um, a wide open field and um, if you can fill that, if you can fill a gap, listeners, then that wouldn't be unlike the four players from the Sporting Club Gaucho. No, Yay. totally. Um, right, well, that's pretty much it then for Heart and Hand this week. Now, unfortunately, folks, uh, we've no games for like three weeks, which means there's no pod <laughs> next week. And I do apologise for that, but the fact, don't blame me, blame blame the players. Uh, there won't be anything to talk about. Uh, the week after, I'm going to do one of my, uh, if you guys want me to, and again, judged by the questions, uh, I'll do one of my solo pods where I talk about, you know, back in the day, RST and whatnot. Ask me about EBTs or anything. If you want a show, and that will be either next week or the week after, or probably some point in between, um, just use the hashtag HHPod, that's HHPod, 
and submit any questions that you would like me to answer. Um, can be from my back in the daytime with the RST, can be anything that you, you want to know that I might be able to help you out with. Um, can be about music because, you know, obviously I know more about it than anybody else. So anything like that, do that and I will provide a pod. If not, it's going to be a few weeks before you hear from us up until we're getting closer to, to match day. Um, if you want to get in touch with us to submit a question or just to, to generally shit shit, uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Ibrox Rocks. Scott is... Scott Hartman, and you'll find us on Facebook. Just search for Hartman the Rangers Podcast. All that remains for me to do is to thank our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Mr. Paul Miles. To thank my guest this evening, Mr. Scott Van Der Nacker. I remember, David, if you get thirty-two questions saying, "What is it like to work with Scott?" That isn't me. It's just thirty-two totally random people that I don't know. Okay, I could fill an hour with that. <laughs> yeah, Please fun. don't. No. <laughs> I could tell them the, the amount of stories I've got about you, the, the wank hands incident of 2005. The wank hand incident of 2006. The time you missed a game because a bee stung you and you thought you were going to die. <laughs> I actually thought I'd done a flactic shock, but it was just a gale. I, I loved that, because he, 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 he went, shit, shit, I've been stung by a bee. And I went, oh my God, he went, oh my, oh my God, oh my God. And I went, are you allergic? And he went, I don't know. And I was like, What? And he went, I don't know. I said, have you ever been stung before? Yes. Did you die? No. You're not fucking... <laughs> You're not allergic, mate. It's like hay fever coming later and later life. <laughs> I shat myself. I actually thought, I'm going to have to take you to the hospital and you're going to have to like, swollen up by it. The time that you nearly got arrested for protesting about being pulled up for drinking. In the- There's so many. Yeah, well... I'm a- <laughs> I'm a upright citizen. <laughs> you are, you are these days. You, you, your girls have straightened you out in, in more ways than one. <laughs> yeah, hey, wah, wah, wah. See, uh, the, the, it's, it's I'm a, I might not be here for a couple of weeks anyway, folks, because I'm off to Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll out for a trial, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh, yeah, it could, it could it could be the last ever Heart and Hand pod featuring Scott Van Der Acker. Time will tell. Um, but uh, if not, I'll speak to you again next week. If you respond, if you don't, fuck you. I'll speak to you again in about three weeks. Uh, my name's David Edgar. And I'll talk to you again soon. Cheers. Bye. Network.